When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Let us labor for the master from the dawn to setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is Show us, show us your glory, show us, 
praise God. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for the way you continually reach into our lives. Thank you for the worship this morning, uh, for the praise team. A little different feel this morning with the acoustic set, but it was, it was neat, Lord, to, to have, have that variation today and, and just to feel your presence as we lifted up our hearts in song. Father, we thank you for the worship, the spirit of worship that you're pouring out in this place. I pray that you'd give us more and more freedom, that, Lord, we would, that we would see each other less and see you more in the moment of worship, that we might truly open our hearts to you and what you're wanting to do in our lives. Father, we thank you for uh, Vita's song. We thank you for her witness and her spirit, for her and Bill, and, and what a blessing they've been to our church family through the years. Lord, thank you for everything that has already happened here this morning. And now, God, please, let your spirit be poured out in this moment of preaching, that we might hear you, and that, Lord, we might see you, and that we might be drawn to you uh, as we talk about your touch upon our lives. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. I want to be better. I want to take the steps that God would have me to take. Remember step? I want to see what God wants me to see. I want to trust Him completely for what I don't understand about what He's showing me. I want to empty myself of all of those things that would keep me from the glory of what He's prepared for me in these days. Because there's more out there than there is back there. And God is wanting to pour out His glory in our lives. And then I want, I, as I see and as I trust and as I empty myself of the things that would hinder me, I want to proceed in following Jesus in the way that He's calling me to follow Him in these days. I want to talk to you about the T today in particular, trusting Him. That we might open our hearts to the fullness of what He is wanting us to experience in our discipleship, if you will. What, what is a disciple? It's one who follows the lead of a master. It's one who adopts the value systems of, of, of the value system of that master and who engages in having our lives become more and more like the one that we are following. I want Jesus to have his way in our lives, don't you? I want him to show us what he is wanting to show us in these days. And one of the verses that the Lord touched my heart with as, as I thought about trusting him more is a very simple verse, but a very powerful verse that is found in Matthew eleven twenty eight. that is represented in our stained glass window. When Jesus looked to those who were around him and said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And when you think about those who are laboring, those who are heavy laden, we may immediately be drawn to a scenario where someone is anxious because of the realities of life. And that definitely is an application, no question about that. But I think also as Jesus was speaking to the audience who was gathered around him on this moment when he spoke these words, he was not just talking about the anxieties of life, but he was talking about the anxiousness that happens in our lives when our relationship with God is based on a system of religion rather than a loving relationship with God himself. People had misunderstood the law. 
They had misapplied the law that had been delivered to Moses on the mountain so many centuries before this time that Jesus is speaking. And Jesus is saying to those who are gathered around Him, if you're tired of the treadmill of religion that is getting you nowhere fast, I have an alternative for you. That's what He was saying. If you're, if you're laboring under the burden of the law that has been placed upon you and you want to find the peace that you've not been able to find any other way, then come to Me. Come to Me and allow Me to give you a rest for your soul that you have not been able to find in keeping the law in all of its requirements. Now, does that mean the law is not important? Absolutely not. If God gave it, it's important. But it's, understand, it's, it's important that we understand the application of what He's given us, and that's where the rub was. People have, had misunderstood and had misrepresented and had given the wrong emphasis to the law that God had delivered. And they were becoming more and more burdened with all of the legalistic requirements that were growing around this law that God had given. And basically, the law that God gave was all about love. It was all about loving Him, first and foremost, and loving each other. It was about living a life that is not self-centered. It was about living a life that is not encumbered with worldly gain. It was about living a life that has eternity in view. And they had lost their way. And they had made walking with God almost impossible. And people were discouraged. And they were laboring to not be discouraged. And Jesus said, just come to Me. Just come to Me. And when we look at that verse, we understand that that invitation is extended to each and every one of us. But we also understand that in order for the promise that's being offered here to be fulfilled, there's a confession involved. In other words, I have got to get to the place, and you have got to get to the place, that we understand that all of the things that we've been trying to do to make it right, we have to get to the place that we confess that all that we've done and all that we try to do still is not enough. Amen? It's still not enough. So there's an invitation, but there's also a confession. And He promises us that if we come to Him, we will find something that we've not been able to find anywhere else, in this world or in religion or in denominationalism or in creeds that have been put together in an effort to to bring us into the light and to give us peace. And all of those things are good, but they're not Jesus. And Jesus, He is the way, the truth, and the life. And anybody who comes to the Father comes through Jesus. There's no other way. Given among men whereby we might be saved from the futility of life and the deadliness of sin. Jesus is the answer. And as Jesus opens my eyes to what He wants me to see in His Word, then there is this continual whisper, this continual wooing of the Spirit in our experience where He says, do you see it? Trust me. Do you see it? Follow me. Do you see it? Try it. Watch what happens. 
when you allow me to become the main event in your life. Listen to verses 29 and 30 that follow that invitation to come to Him. He says, Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And do you know well-meaning people have taken verses like these and have built a whole nother system of discipleship that can take us further from Jesus rather than closer to Him. And what He's saying here is whatever you've been doing that's not working, lay it down and now come and be in relationship with me and watch what happens. Y'all, relationship takes commitment. It's not a casual thing. I mean, in, in February of 1974, I asked a sophomore at Warner Southern College if she would be my wife. And no sooner had the words gotten from my mouth that I wondered, what have I done? <laughs> oh, I, I love Becky wholeheartedly. But asking her to be my bride took me to a whole new realm of existence. Amen. No longer was it just me doing whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, but now I was making a commitment to love her above all others and to put all others aside, if you will, that she might become the priority relationship in my life next to Jesus. Jesus is always first. But then she was the next in line. A man and a woman shall leave their father and mother and the two shall become one. Now Becky would be more important in my life, more of a priority in my life than my mom or my dad. And they were priorities. But when I asked her to marry me that, that evening in February of 1974, I was launching into a whole new realm of existence. Well, we said, we're going to finish school and then get married. And about a month later, we said, we'll get married before our senior year. We'll wait a year from this coming summer and then we'll get married. And then, before you know it, we're going to get married this summer. Engaged in February, married in July of 74. Put my parents in a whirlwind. They lived in South Dakota. I said, y'all are coming to a wedding in Daytona Beach in July. What? <laughs> Everything changed. Relationships are not casual. Relationships require devotion, sacrifice, commitment. Oh, but the return is amazing. I say to wedding couples over and over again, when I'm standing there with them at the, at the wedding altar, I say to them, 
And I've said this to how many couples through the years. What an incredible thing it is to have a partner in life that no matter what kind of day you've had, you've got someone at your side that cares about what's going on in your life and thinks that you are the best in the world. When you're cold, someone to keep you warm. When you're down, someone to encourage you. When you fall, someone to help you to your feet. What an incredible thing it is to have that partnership in life. And Jesus is saying to these people that day, are you tired? Are you weary? I'm going to make you an offer. Take my yoke upon you. Enter into this relationship with me. Oh, there's a commitment. It's not Jesus plus everything else. It's Jesus above all else. It's Jesus is the priority in our lives. He's not something among all the rest of the somethings, but now He is the everything of our existence. And the reason some church people have not found rest is because they have not entered into this relationship. They've dabbled in religion. They've taken discipleship classes. They've done a world of things that are religious in nature. But they have never gotten to the place that they've said, Lord, oh, there you go, Lord, I give you my life. Have your way with me. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Lord, I want the rest that comes with knowing that I'm yours. There is nothing that will keep you from enjoying life as much as being scared to die will strip you of joy. Did, did, did that make any sense? If you're afraid to die, then you will never really live. And the only way that you can take away the fear of death and, the, and all that goes with that scenario is to come into a relationship with Jesus. And when you come into a relationship with Jesus, He answers the promise. He lifts the burden. He gives wings to our soul. He gives a song to our hearts. Suddenly we begin to see what before was blinded from our understanding. We trade our weariness for a rest that is like, unlike anything we've ever known before. I want to take the next step. I, I want to see what He wants me to do, but to get beyond seeing, I've got to trust Him. I've got to enter into that relationship with Him and say, Lord, whatever You want in my life, that is what I'm after. Whatever you want, that's what I'm after. Twelve people set out following him. And one of them betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver because he could not quite make the surrender that was necessary. He loved money more than he loved Jesus. And so for a payday of 30 pieces of silver, he betrayed the Son of God. And it left him in such a state that the Scripture says Judas went out and took his own life. He tried to return the silver. 
the Pharisees had rules. The Sanhedrin had rules. The rules were you could not receive blood money. <laughs> wow. They paid for the betrayal of Jesus, and now Judas is trying to return the money, and they said, oh no, we can't take that. That's, that's blood money. We, we can't do that. Do you see the hypocrisy? Do you see the emptiness? Someone said, never let anything so fill you with sorrow as to make you forget the joy of Christ. There's someone listening today who's being called beyond religion and into relationship. I don't know who you are, but you know who you are. And God is calling you to finally admit that everything else you've tried, even church, everything else you've tried has left you empty and burdened, encumbered. And if you're willing to say so, if you're willing to confess, I'm weary. I'm getting nowhere fast. I'm tired. I can't go on like this anymore. If you're willing to confess that to Jesus this morning, Jesus says, look at it. Come, I'll give you rest. He met with the woman at the well. Her life was a mess. And she was not just a victim. She had participated in some of what made her life a mess, okay? It wasn't everybody else's fault. There was fault elsewhere. But she knew that deep down, it was not just their, their failures, it was her failure as well. Jesus met her at the well, and the first thing he did was he said, would you give me something to drink? Would you give me a drink of water? He didn't preach. He didn't begin to rail against her because of her failures. He said, would you give me something to drink? Do you see that? He was saying to her, sister, you've got value. You can make a difference. Sure, you've gone the wrong way. And you're, you're burdened because, and weary and worn out because of what your life has become. But if you knew who I was, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And everything would change for you. And she opened up her heart and everything changed. The woman who had been running from her peers now was running to them to tell them she had found the one who finally gave her rest. Somebody here today needs Jesus. You don't need a class about Jesus. You need Jesus. You don't need another sermon. You need Jesus. You don't need perfect church attendance. You need Jesus. You don't need to put more money in the offering plate. You need Jesus. Jesus. 
said, come to me. Come to me. I'll give you rest. You say, I know that rest, Brother Ron. I'm living in that rest. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray that those of us who have this rest, that we would become living advertisement to our neighbors and our co-workers, that they might find this same rest. There comes a time when we are living as the witnesses that he would have us to be. There comes a time when you need to put a, a name to the peace that you know. Not just a generic, and I, please understand me in this, not just a generic, the Lord's been so good to me, but I thank the Lord for Jesus and what He is doing in my life and for the rest that He has brought to my soul. Resting in Jesus is all about a life of faith that is focused on the love that has been revealed in who He is. And our salvation is not only what He's done, it is that, but it's more than that, it's who He is. He is the bread of life. He is the living water. He is our salvation. He is the Lamb of God, Jesus. What an incredible thing to know that our weariness can be traded for rest by simply saying, Jesus I want you in my life. I want you in my life. I want to talk to you. I want to learn from you. I want to follow you. I want to cast aside the things that you show me are hindrances. Lord, I want you and I want what you want in my life. And I'm going to tell you, when we make that commitment, there is a rest that settles over our souls, not only in the moment, but for eternity. Jesus says, or he asks, what does it profit a person if he or she gains the whole world and loses his or her soul. Somebody is being called to answer his invitation this morning. And if you've already answered that invitation, listen to what he's saying to you, but right now just let's all just bow our heads and I want you to pray for that one or those two or three or four or five maybe here in the house or watching online, I want you to pray for that somebody that God is reaching into their hearts right now, into their souls right now and saying, it's time for you to take my yoke upon you, to enter into a relationship with me. Not take a class to learn more about me, but to enter into a living, dynamic relationship with me and I will show you what your life is all about. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
Lord, sometimes we just get tired. Sometimes we get duped by Satan. We, we get tricked into thinking that nothing needs to change. We just need to try harder or work harder. And the truth is, some of us are needing to turn around from what we've been doing that we might truly enter into a relationship with you. Lord, enough religion. Enough with studying harder and doing more. Without you, it means nothing. Certainly, Lord, as we come into relationship with you, there are things that you would have us to do and places you would have us to go and words that you would have us to speak and prayers that you would have us to pray. But, Lord, apart from a relationship with you, it's just a treadmill getting us nowhere. I want to trust you more. I want to be childlike in my faith, Lord. Believing your word and moving in those directions that you are calling me to move. As I'm in relationship with you. Relationship. Lord, please. Bring us into relationship with yourself through the power of your Holy Spirit and through the truth of your word. That we might finally find rest in our souls. Sweet peace completeness, wholeness, purchased by your blood for our well-being. Show us, Lord, and then help us to trust you. To let go of what's holding us and to proceed into your presence that your glory might be established in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. is my daily bread, your very word spoken to me, and I, I'm desperate for
You are the 